Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take off? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. We take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. This is good beer, but it just doesn't have that Guinness pop to it. Yeah, that's okay. It still makes the smoky little pipe effect with because it's got the nitro. Right. Yeah. We're just drinking blowjob beer. <laughs> Holiday blowjob beer. I forgot that's what you called it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. And I'm Josh. Today we are reviewing the season finale of season three. Episode 22, Graduation Part 2. Part 2? Holy shit, Rex, they followed through with their sequel. (laughs) I didn't know if they were gonna, but they did. (laughs) You were really channeling uh, Shaggy in that. Like you guys, <laughs> there's totally a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Anyway, hey, you've made it this far. You must really <laughs> like us. <laughs> Either that or you're really bored and you have a really long commute. Either way, Keanu, damn it. <laughs> you have stuck with us through thick and thin, through all the craziest shit. Yeah. And we're about to finish up season three here. It's the gonna be good. Oh, and season four is where it really gets good. Oh my, but first, we have to follow through on a promise. We said that we were gonna read some texts in silly voices, and then I never did. And it's it's been a couple episodes already. Shit. We forgot the silly voices. Yeah. Well, I mean Well, you're you're gonna do the silly voices, right? <laughs> I think you should try one. But uh, I'm going to start us off. Don't worry. I don't feel good about this. <laughs> we only have one text that we have to read in a silly voice. All right. And this text happens to be from Alexandria, the very same Alexandria who won the T-shirt. Are we positive it's the same one? Positive. She mentioned it. Oh, good. good. And she, she also mentioned that I was the closest, still wrong, but the closest to pronouncing her last name correctly. Apparently it's Van Brunt. Instead of Von Brunt. So I was it trying... It really looks like it should be I was trying Brunt. too hard. I know, right? Yeah. Anyway. You were an overachiever in something for once in your life. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody call 911. I need this knife removed <laughs> from my back. Real quick there. Or from my face. I don't know. Where did you stab me, Rex? That was, that was definitely in your face. You know what? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this is very personal. All right, on with the silly voice yeah. text. All right, so I decided before we even started recording that I'm going to I'm going to keep it 90s here. There's one silly voice that I do really well that I like. You've probably heard it kind of sort of and I specifically stole it from Jollo the Clown. Who the fuck is Jollo the Clown? I'm about to explain. If you've ever played King's Quest 6, Air Today, Gone Tomorrow, you'll know who Jollo the he's the court jester. An ex-girlfriend of mine really, really hated me because she loved this game as a child, and 
I could make Jalo say all kinds of highly inappropriate things. And um, highly inappropriate. You're never highly inappropriate. Except for usually. <laughs> Thank you for also being the one to point that out, Alexandria. You're just becoming a huge part of the Beer with Buffy canon. Thank you very much. So let me get a swig of beer real quick. <clears throat> All right. I might just call you Princess Cosima a few times throughout this. Here's Alexandria <laughs> Van Brunt's text. I definitely... No, no. It, wow, that sounded too much like my mom. Um... <laughs> Uh, let me let me get into character. Princess Cosima, what do you do? Oh shit, it is exactly the same <laughs> as my mom. I might just have to come up with a different silly voice. Yeah, no, I just realized that it's uh it's pretty much the the chocolate hurricane voice. I'm going to give you a chocolate hurricane. Anyway, Alright, I'll just do it in that voice. I definitely want to hear you read my text in a funny voice, Josh. I think I'm really going to miss your highly inappropriate Odo Quark commentary when the third season is over. Also, good job on the mostly pronouncing my name right. I think that is the closest wrong pronunciation I've heard. <laughs> it's brunt. <laughs> like taking the brunt of a hit. There, that's the best you're going to get, I think. <laughs> No, that was actually pretty fucking good. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I have no idea what fucking character you're referencing, so you know, my judgment is you know, moot. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't in very much of the game, but uh, for a minute there, he's like Princess Katsima. What are you, <laughs> what are you doing here? You can't be here. Yeah, he's a pretty much he's he's my mom as a clown. Oh, in a medieval fantasy setting. That's terrifying. <laughs> right. We also need to catch up on a couple voicemails. Get ready for Robbie's drunken voicemails. Yes. Because it's not Fred. No, it's not Fred. It's not Fred. Here's our first voicemail from Rafi. Hey, what's up, weird Buffy? This is Rafi. Just listened to the Doppelgang episode. Like, um, I'm calling you drunk. This is what you requested, right? I usually walk my dog in the morning and listen to the podcast, but instead, uh, I just got drunk. So my thoughts on Doppelgangland, it's a great episode. I think y'all have fun with it. Kind of like weird to put it after Faith killed someone. The other thing, you know, most controversial is Willow saying I'm evil and skanky, and I think I'm kind of gay. My opinion is, Whatever happens forward, whoever is may or may not be gay, it would completely just happen than just people making choices to leave. <laughs> but, all right, that was my drunken voicemail. And this was uh, Fred, by the way. Definitely Fred. So, Fred, I think Rafi wants your job. Yeah. You know what, Rafi? You've called us enough. I think we might give you a shot at the job. He might Here. just be more reliable than you, Fred. Hold on one second. I'm going to look. Just what do we pay Fred? Clickety-clackety-clickety-clackety-clickety-clackety. I'm looking things up. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Nothing. Rafi, we will give you a salary of nothing. We will also talk shit to you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for being more drunk. Um, And now that you're hired, you're fired. <laughs> But you're still on the payroll. Now get back to work. 
I mean, really, I'm mostly just sorry that you would neglect your dog for this. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we, we all have to make sacrifices for our art. Not to mention the demands of random podcast hosts. I know that's really what decides how my day is going to go. <laughs> I want to talk about <laughs> how if he listens to the podcast when he walks his dog, that means he's like giving that dog a good hour and a half fucking walk sometimes. Yeah. Okay. And we have another voicemail from Rafi. So here it is. What's up, Rex and Josh? This is Rafi. I'm kind of drunk right now. I, I was hoping to be drunker for this voicemail, but whatever. Um, earshot. So that episode was gonna air like a week before Columbine, but they pulled it and they, they, they aired another episode. We finished the season like normal without that episode and then it aired right before season four. So just a little background on that episode. It was gonna air. Sarah Michelle Geller, I think she put out a PSA. I haven't found it, but yeah. All right, guys. I'll try to be junker next time. Have a good one. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we were informed of the airing of Earshot very quickly from multiple sources after we released our episode about Earshot. Yeah, no, the uh, the air date definitely makes a whole lot more sense now because they definitely held it back like three or four months yeah. after and because of Columbine. And that was a good call on their part, I think. I agree. Uh, I think it was questionable that they even still released it at all i disagree with that i mean we needed it for the canon of buffy that is a whole nother fucking conversation okay what's more important here is rafi you need to believe in yourself a little bit more because let me tell you you were unquestionably drunk enough for that voicemail that (laughs) voicemail was many minutes long that we cut out because you didn't hang up your phone. We have a minute and a half <laughs> of you and your friend mumbling in the background. Here, let me tell you what Google <laughs> Translator thought that you were saying after you hung up. So you said, I'll try to be drunker next time. Have a good one. And here's where Google Translator picks up. Dead, 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 dead. Or your computer is not dead. <laughs> Hong Kong and like so, yep. <laughs> I am actually coming out with a new idea. So I want to know what your new idea is. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Also, I think it's funny that Rex is telling you to believe in yourself because you were definitely drunk enough because you weren't nearly drunk enough for that. Three strikes and you're out, bro. (laughs) But this only applies to you. Other people that want to call in, you don't have to be that drunk. Just you. (laughs) If you're going to be the only person calling in for months on end, we're going to have standards to set for you. But not for anybody else. Yeah, you have to earn that salary. Nothing but the best double standards here on Beer with Buffy. (laughs) Thank you very much. Now it's time for a mom synopsis, I think. What? A mom synopsis? Oh, wait, I'm good at those. Joshua! (laughs) You're not allowed to be good at things. Go away, mom! Joshua, what are you doing, Joshua? Are you playing with your snake again, Joshua? Damn it, Mom, I said knock when I'm playing with my snake. <laughs> you know he's cold-blooded. I have to keep the room temperature very isolated. His body heat falls really quickly. Just the sound of your voice makes him go limp. 
I'm sorry, Joshua. When did you get a snake? I've always had a snake. <laughs> you didn't know when I got a snake. <laughs> I think I'm getting very uncomfortable with this conversation, Joshua. Me too. Shut up, Rex. You don't get an opinion. <laughs> All right, why don't we change the subject? Uh, what's going on with Buffy the Vampire Slayer this week, Joshua? <laughs> uh, who's that big snake creature? Is that the mayor? Did he finally ascend? <sighs> in context of the beginning of that mom synopsis, ascend has such a different meaning in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did ascend, mom. <laughs> One could say that he even got quite erect <laughs> at the end of his speech. And it, it only took an eclipse to give him the motivation. The entire school came together with the Scooby gang to fight the mayor's new demon form. And they surprised him with all kinds of fun weapons and a flanking team of badasses, including Angel and Wesley, after... An entire episode of preparing for war, quite literally. Yeah. Did I miss anything? No, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You'll get specifics in about right now. Cold open. Well, I hope it's not too cold in there, Joshua. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I said cold open, not open because it's cold. No, no, I didn't mean open the door. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Ladies. Gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Ooh, and surprisingly, we open where we left off last episode. It's like it's been a continuation. Or something. From the last episode. Yeah. Who'd weird. thought? Weird, isn't it? Never would have expected that. I did. Anyway, <laughs> we get to see the knife. It's covered in blood. Yep. Still looks like it was from a catalog. I'm very disappointed that Buffy is not nearly beaten up enough. She should be like John McClane at the end of Die Hard beaten up. From I the, mean, the fight that her and, her and Faith had. Yeah, that was a pretty serious fight. But now she just looks at the knife. She's like, oh, shit. And she slinks away down the ladder. And I just learned an awesome new word for a situation like that. For any of those of you out there keeping up with disenchantment, Buffy went down the ladder like schloop. I don't think I want to go down a ladder like schloop. Schloop. <laughs> that sounds like a bad way to go down a ladder. <laughs> that sounds like you're going to hit the bottom of the ladder way too quick. She said schloop. Because you know this is Matt Groening. Right. The same people that gave us yoink. Yep. And whoop, 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 whoop. Um, well, okay, obviously, we had whoop, 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 well before Matt Groening, but he made it funny again, damn it. He did make it funny again. Yeah. So anyway, the mayor looks through the broken window that Buffy and Faith fell out of. And they just moments from missing watching Buffy going off the roof. Yep. Well, he just missed her going schloop. And he's like, everything's fine. <laughs> just fine. <laughs> She'll be okay. She'll be all right. Yep. And the vampire's like, sure, boss. Sure. And the vampire's like, uh, boss, what about the ascension? He's like, fuck the ascension. I will murder your skull in a fire with 
walnuts because that sounds delicious. <laughs> chestnuts, that's what you roast in a fire. Yeah. That makes more sense. It does. Actually, roasting chestnuts in a fire is fucking terrifying, by the way. <laughs> what are they, crackly or something? Yeah. Cool. They pop and crack. Opening credits. Then we cut to the library. Tonight on Sunnydale Vice. Xander brings the boss a coffee. <laughs> Again. But this time it's Giles instead yeah. of Buffy. Or whoever he brought a coffee like a season ago and I made the same joke. And I like his line here. He's like, here's some coffee brewed with the finest Colombian lighter fluid. Mm-hmm. Ruining a perfectly good cultural stereotype. Get it? Because Giles is British and he's drinking coffee instead of tea. <laughs> You're very sensitive, Xander. So, quote of the day here from Giles here. We're not really a quote of the day so much as I really enjoyed these lines. Giles says to Xander, look through the uh, Kepler volumes. Any reference to the demon Oivacon, uh looking for powers, weaknesses, hat size, anything. There's got to be something. Xander says, still batting zero? But I mean in cricket, because he's British. Right. Yeah, let's just belabor that joke. Anyway. I have no idea how to score cricket at all. Oh, yeah, I don't know shit about cricket. I know less about cricket than I know about baseball, and I don't know shit about baseball. So, Cordy enters complaining about Wesley leaving. Yeah, about because he's apparently actually going to do what Buffy said and fly back to England. And she calls Buffy selfish. Yep. Which, whoo, oh, that makes angry feelings in me. Anyway... <laughs> All the angry feelings. So Xander and Giles don't take her very seriously, nor should they. Thank Keanu. And they pretty much say, help us or get out. Cut to the mansion. Yep. Where Willow is caring for Angel. And I love this whole bit. So Willow's caring for Angel. And he thinks that Willow is Buffy. No, Angel, it's me, Willow. And he's like, oh, but where's Buffy? And then she leaves the room. And, and it goes out to Oz. It's an amazing setup here. So she's talking to Oz and she's like, oh, he's feeling better. Blah, 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 blah. So Willow says to Oz, he's delirious. He thought I was Buffy. You too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just it took a moment for the implication to sink in. Like, oh, my God. Angel's that far gone that he thought yeah. Oz was Buffy. I kind of want to see that scene. Right. <laughs> anyway. So Willow's feeling guilty for feeling the uh, the afterglow of her amazing evening with Oz in the previous episode. Yeah. Uh, considering the circumstances. Someone has a happy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. You know. Yeah. They're, they're allowed to be happy. It's just shit timing, but that's not anybody's fault. Yeah. Well, it's the mayor's fault. But. <laughs> it is. It is the mayor's fault. <laughs> but he's never going to take responsibility for that. Or even if he does, he's still going to do what he's going to do. Yep. Anyway, so Buffy busts down mayor the door. Mayor gonna mayor. What? Mayor gonna mayor. <laughs> that's 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 how the cool kids say things, right? Yeah. That's definitely what they were saying last night when I was dressed as a cool kid. Uh, hello, fellow children. <laughs> Who I am also one of. <laughs> anyway, so Buffy busts down the door like the Kool-Aid man and she's like, oh no. And they're like, well, fuck because <laughs> she she killed faith or th thinks she killed faith but wasn't able to actually physically bring faith or her blood back with her buffy goes to see angel and similarly to the kool-aid man 
She's like, drink me. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard the Kool-Aid man say that, but it seems like something that should be in his repertoire. <laughs> I mean, that's literally the only reason well, that he depends exists. on if he's like delivering the Kool-Aid to people. Or, like, running from people who want to drink his Kool-Aid. Well, I mean, you, you don't get to just be the spokesperson and then be, you know, also a food product and immune to, you know, everyone has a price. Everyone yeah. has their price. Well, and I guess you, we could assume that if he's busting in to a building where people are, then he is going in to, you know, give them refreshments. So. I'm guessing that every instance of the Kool-Aid man we've seen is probably a different Kool-Aid man. And he gets drunk every time. That is terrifying. <laughs> Folks, there is a genocide going on. Oh my god! That's why you don't see any more Kool-Aid Man commercials! Oh, they ran out. Shit! They're all dead! <laughs> the Kool-Aid Man's extinct. <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, so Buffy's like, drink me! And then she beats Angel into submission, and he's like, oh, she beats me! <laughs> Um, and then she beats him until it makes him want to drink her, which leads yeah. me to believe. I mean, that's that's some serious submission right there. I think Angel's a power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting those words. <laughs> <laughs> well, she punched him into drinking her blood. I just I happen to know a few power bottoms. Oh, oh, yeah. Cool. I'm obviously not mentioning any names. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why don't we just start a ledger? <laughs> because I am more polite than that. Dig this. Dig this. Sire has wings. Sire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. I like that they they at least got one more instance of Angel floundering around half naked. <laughs> you know, it's important. It it shows well, it shows David Boreanaz floundering around half naked. Yeah, and excuse, you know that ain't bad. Excuse me, David. <laughs> uh we need you to take your shirt off and now run over there, flail a bit. Um Flip over, flail some more. Now run over there. Ah, uh, that's good shit. I actually watched an interview. You remember that big banner image that I used first when we first started the podcast? Yes. We replaced it with with your drawing. Yeah. Um, that image was taken during like a something year anniversary of the the show. I need to do another crayon drawing, by the way. If anybody needs, if anybody has a request. Yeah, seriously, send us a request. You can text our request at 269-743-0783. That's crayon drawings. If you want to know what I'm talking about, check out our Twitter banner. The image that they took that we originally had as our banner, yeah. um, it was like an anniversary article. And they did a whole fucking segment with interviews and stuff. And they had the whole fucking cast around talking about the show. And apparently... It was just a normal thing for David Boreanaz to run around set without a shirt on. <laughs> it was just like, if he was on set, he didn't have a shirt on. Huh. 
And they didn't say whether or not like it was his idea or the showrunner's idea, but it was someone's idea for David Boreanaz to never wear a shirt. Huh. It was a conscious fucking choice. Well, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If I were him, I wouldn't bother either. Right. So, um, Buffy gets done playing Airplane Spoon with her jugular. <laughs> Angel nearly cleans his plate here. And now Buffy's in a fucking coma. Well, that's just fucking great. For this moment, they pulled out all the equipment from the, the tool shed. They have a fucking crane in here. They use the dolly and shit. The fucking camera's moving all over and large zooms and yeah, everything. Shit got serious. They they went all out on the cinematography for this scene. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bit too much, honestly. It's weird to me that they kind of portray Buffy's physical response to having her blood drinking. It seemed a bit orgasmic. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's a little... Well, they couldn't get another sex scene because of the plot, but they wanted another sex scene. <laughs> Goddamn plot sometimes, right? <laughs> Fucking plot. That's what we did. We fucked the plot. Hey. <laughs> Here I am. Highly inappropriate. That's why they have David Boreanaz without a shirt on all the time, is because they can't have his character with sex scenes now. They have to keep people happy somehow. Yeah, you know, exactly. Double up, double up. So, yep, cut to the hospital. Cut to the emergency room. Angel takes Buffy to the emergency room, and he's like, she lost a lot of blood. The doctor's like, are you on drugs? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, where'd you get those drugs? I need some of those drugs. It's like, no, I'm not on drugs. She was bit by something. I don't know what it was. And I assume it's a wild animal. And they're like, oh, we got to get a rabies shot in there, too. Anyway, the doctors are strangely compliant with his belligerent demands here without even looking at her. They're like, OK, well, I mean, maybe that was just a good way to get rid of him so they could actually look at her. Yeah, And probably. determine had she actually lost a great deal of blood. Also, you can't just throw somebody on a bed in a hospital like that. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. And there were fucking guards and shit right outside the goddamn room where yeah, she right she the fuck went. outside. Those guys aren't doing their damn jobs at all. Because he, he's like, oh, where's the payphone? And he goes over to the payphone. And then the fucking camera pans around and we find out that in the room directly next to Buffy is Faith yep. and the mayor. One hell of a long list of shit is wrong with Faith. Well, to sum it up, she's got brain damage and severe blood loss. And that's a bad combination. Had she not had the severe blood loss, um, either she wouldn't have gotten the brain damage in the first place, or the brain damage wouldn't have been nearly as severe. Because, you know, your brain needs blood. Yeah. So. Funny thing, that. <laughs> yeah. And I really enjoy the mayor's performance here. Like, he's. Oh, it's amazing. He's capable of so much more than that hokey bullshit. And he can pull off serious, I actually give a flying fuck about this, like, for realsies, really well. This scene actually makes me kind of fucking irritated how they wrote his character all goddamn season. Yeah, they wasted this actor all season. Holy shit. But, you know, also, I think it really ramps up the effect of it by, oh, yeah. by saving it like this. So I still, it's still worth it as far as yeah, i'm concerned so he realizes that buffy's in the other room well he was clued in because a doctor butts in and he's like there's another girl over here with severe blood loss 
and the mayor grows a fucking light bulb over his head like a goddamn tumor, and he's like, okay. Well, and he knows what cures the fucking uh, poison, yeah. so it's... Honestly, it's a fucking great deduction. It is. It's too small of a damn town for there to be heavy blood loss in two young girls on the same night. You know, it's it's too big of a coincidence. And exactly. correctly figures that it's Buffy. So yeah, he just very casually walks over and tries to murder her. And the nurse is like trying to stop him, calls for security, but security doesn't get there in time. F- fucking Angel shows up and stops him. Yeah, luckily he's literally only a few feet away. And uh, <laughs> Mayor's like, young man, I'll give you and your little whore a reason to cry, basically. And Angel hits him, and he goes fucking flying back and hits the wall. Yeah, Angel says, boo-hoo, I'm going to throw you into this door over here now. But my favorite part is the mayor basically says, oh, look at you, because he he's much stronger than he really should be as a vampire, because he is fucking slayer blood in him i wrote down his whole line here i really enjoyed this line so he says as he stands up from being thrown into the door and breaking a bunch of glass he switches back into his uh hokey nice guy ted robot impersonation oh god yeah yeah that's just what he's like isn't it he's like well looks like someone's been eating his spinach no no it's okay folks it's all right the show's not over, but there will be a short intermission. Don't want to miss the second act. All kinds of excitement as he walks out. Yeah. It was just so ominous and foreboding. Just a really, really good moment. Never mind the realism of the fact that security should be all over their asses by oh, now. Yeah. Getting their asses stomped because it's Angel and the Mayor. <laughs> I just love the family circus. The Scooby Gang shows up, and obviously they're pissed at Angel. Well, Xander's pissed at Angel. Everybody else kind of seems to, you know, do the mature thing and not jump to conclusions. Xander, on the other hand, is just like, hi, I'm Xander. I'm a big dumb prick who jumps to malicious conclusions constantly. He jumps further, but the rest of them are still a bit pissed. They they seemed to probably disapprove, but they also didn't have details. He didn't bother to try and say... Hey, no, she literally beat me until I would drink her blood. Yeah. And she would have been devastated if I had died. I mean, not trying to toot my own horn here, guys, but you know it's true. Right. And he knows that, but he doesn't necessarily feel the need to say that. He would rather let them be mad at him. And that's what makes Angel such a great fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So he leaves because sunrise is on the way. And then we cut to... What was very confusing to me while watching it, Faith's apartment. Mysterious shared dream sequence here. Yeah, nothing about this made any fucking sense to me here in the short or long term. Uh, I mean, it made okay. sense to me that they that the scene existed, but none of the words meant anything. I can break it down for you, actually. All righty then. I actually went back and watched it a couple of times because I'm like, okay, what the fuck kind of points are they trying to make? 
So there are boxes and shit there. And there's a fucking cat that has never existed. Mm-hmm. What I believe they're referring to when they're like all this stuff is the baggage and the the responsibility of being the Slayer. One of the things that Faith says is that he still has human weakness. She's talking about the mayor. Basically, Faith gives Buffy the knowledge of how to handle the situation. Mm-hmm. And the confidence, I think, to how to handle the situation. Okay. I mean, yeah, a metaphor, huh? I mean, I gathered, I gathered that much. It was just really cryptic the way they did it. I think it was good because i that's what dreams are. Really. I'm not necessarily saying it was a bad thing. So we cut to the hospital where Buffy wakes up. She's a little bit out of it and confused. Who fucking wouldn't be? Like you do when you and, lose several pints of blood. Yeah. And she looks. she goes over to find Faith. Knows where Faith is a little too easily. Whatever. Well, they just had a Vulcan mind meld over, yeah, you know, the distance of like now, 20 feet. Very shortly, she just goes over, kisses Faith on on the head, and then leaves. Cut to the hallway where she comes out and she's dressed, ready to fucking leave. Because, oh, you know, you lost all this blood. You're ready to be discharged. Thank you, U.S. Health System. Yeah, so Buffy's like, hey, Scoobs, hope you got a deck of cards because I'm ready to play some war, fuckers. So we cut back to the library, which is basically the start of a big planning montage. I just have a little uh, summary. What's it called? A synopsis. That's a crazy word. I've never heard that word before. <laughs> nope. I have a, a bit of a paraphrase. Trun- okay. Truncation. Okay, fine. A synopsis. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Uh, so we have to play on his human weakness. Also, Xander, you're the key. Soldier shit. Cordy's like, what about germs? Could get a box of Ebola and chase him with it. Oz is like, uh, hummus is sounding pretty good. Angel's like, Faith, it's Faith, dumbasses. That's his human weakness. And Wes is like, I'm here to help. Need me to scream like a woman? <laughs> Cordy's like, oh, he's so classy. And at the beginning of the scene, we actually have one of my quotes of the day. Oh, do tell. During the cut to the library, Buffy's like, so am I crazy? And Willow says, crazy is such a strong word. And Giles says, well, let's not rule that out, though. <laughs> you don't think it can be done? And Giles replies, I didn't say that. I might, but not yet. <laughs> That's a good one. I missed that. How did I miss yeah. that? Oh, I'm so sad. You was were just there... so gung-ho with your synopsisizing. Yeah, I was. Anything else to add to that scene? I'm pretty done um, with it. The hummus lines were fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, oh, your plan is crazy. You can't possibly think of a crazier plan. And Oz is like, well, we could attack him with hummus. You know, just trying to keep perspective. And you know what? The more I think about it, the more I think Oz is on to something. Because think about it. The mayor has to wash his hands all the time. If you threw a bunch of hummus on him... He'd have to take a bath. He'd freak out. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he knew that you had double dipped in that hummus. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You, like, show him that you're double dipping. Uh Uh-huh. And then throw the hummus on him. He would be just all sorts of flaclamped. He would (laughs) flip. Emotionally overburdened. 
Yes, he would be. <laughs> so now we do a, a lot of cutting back and forth from the mayor's office to the library. He's talking about how the shit is scheduled to enter the fan at precisely 3.28 p.m. He's talking to all his vampire cronies. I need you there for flanking. Don't worry about the sun. I'll take care of that. Cut back to the library. This whole fucking montage bit starts at exactly the halfway point of the episode. Huh. I just thought that seemed right. No, they're definitely good at pacing. I think they, they're they really good at breaking it down into logical blocks on a regular basis. So yeah, there apparently there will be an eclipse and the Scooby gang are somehow planning a volcano? Yeah, something about a volcano. <laughs> oh, they're, mm, that's what they're calling I mean, the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, the thing. Let, let's not spoil that yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hard air quotes. They're simulating a volcano. Yes. And Buffy's still giving people <laughs> jobs. She's like, Angel, you're with Xander. Uh, Xander, be a dick about it. Xander's like, okay, check. And I didn't write down his line, but... His line is inconsequential. He's a dick about He's it. He's definitely a dick about <laughs> it. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be a friend. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? Back to the mayor's office. Where let me tell you, hey boys, watch the language. Yeah, I mean, can we can we keep it down a little there, guys? <laughs> it it's just makes me really uncomfortable when I'm ascending to demonhood and eating children. Yeah. So he's going to have the, the vampires start in the sewers, and when the eclipse happens, they're going to pop out, and he's mostly concerned with containing the crowd so that he has plenty of little kiddos to eat because that is crucial to him maintaining the change. And that's fun. And you know, who doesn't need to eat a lot of kids some days? I ate I three mean, just before we started recording. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh -huh. I mean, you, how else do you get your energy for the day? I mean, they were probably pig babies. Um, you know, pork. Huh? See what I did there? Because uh, I'm a carnivore. Well, really, I'm an omnivore. Yeah. Yeah. We eat way too much meat, though. Yeah, definitely as a, not just the country, like probably the whole world, but definitely America. Yeah, so we finish up with the montage, and now we're in the hallway. We see Xander grab Harmony and take her somewhere, and she's like, you want to talk to me in front of people? <laughs> and then Willow grabs Percy, and presumably this means that they're gathering lots of people, not just yep. specifically those two. So then we cut to my favorite scene in the entire episode. Nay, the entire fucking season. Nay? Yes. <laughs> not, not a horse nay. Nay is in no. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, we finally get to have the culmination of this... Will they, won't they, between Wesley and Cordelia. Yeah, they really wrap it up nice and succinctly here, don't they? Yeah. Because they're, they're like, slowly moving into each other. Wesley's talking about going back home. He's like, I, uh, I might be going back home to England after all this is done, unless, you know, maybe, perhaps, uh... You know, should there be a reason for me to want to stay, like some sort of excuse, perhaps, you know, some recent high school graduate that would maybe uh, want to be my mate? I don't know. <laughs> and then proceeds some of the most awkward fucking makeouts 
ever put to film. So <laughs> they stop. I'm so glad that this is what they were doing with it because the second they started kissing, I was like, oh, oh, no. Oh, what, what what are you doing, Wesley? Stop. You're hurting her. Why is this happening? I... It, it, oh, yeah. Exactly. The fact that they can pull off a kiss that looks this awkward. Like, this kiss appears more awkward than all the awkward I've ever experienced in my love life in my entire love life. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> impressively awkward. But they they kiss, it's awkward, they pause, they're like looking at each other. Cordelia wipes her lips. <laughs> and I'm like, "Ooh, there's there's your sign." <laughs> Someone's a bit too wet on the mouth and uh, i can't even describe it you just gotta watch it so they try again and then they're both like nope cordy says so good luck in england i i'll drop you a line sometime yeah that'll be neat yep yep (laughs) and that's it and they immediately go back to their fucking quarters yeah and that's that happened we don't have to fucking worry about wes and cordelia anymore did you know Keanu. Yeah. Oh my God. So I don't know how we did not talk about, I mean, we've talked a lot about the age of the characters versus the age of the actors and actresses a lot. I did not realize that Charisma Carpenter was 29 in this season. Yeah. She started out as 27 in season one. Yeah. I had no idea she was that I think old. She was the, she's the oldest of the initial Scooby cast. Well, it's not so much that I had no idea so much as I'd completely forgotten because we probably said that at some point in an earlier episode. Possibly, yeah. So, yeah, they're they're really not that far apart in age. She's damn near the same age as Wesley. I think the actor who played Wesley in he this was 33. Season, yeah, 33. We figured out. So they're only like four or five years apart. Yeah, so no wonder she doesn't look like a high schooler. I mean, it, they st- but they're still depicting a high schooler hooking up with a 30-something. Yeah. And that's weird. It's creepy. So, cut to Oz's free candy van. Yeah, and he's handing out candy. He sure is. <laughs> Some demon candy. Come yeah. get your demon candy. Jonathan and Larry are loading up bags of some nondescript stuff. Definitely fertilizer. Into a stolen shopping cart that's highly illegal. (laughs) That shopping cart is the property of your local shopping establishment. After Larry and Jonathan leave, Oz is like, we'll make it through this. Willow says, you sure? Well, I sound pretty sure, don't I? She says, yeah. Well, then I must be sure. Is this just your clever way of not answering the question? And then he doesn't answer the question by fucking making out with her. Yeah, those two horny little scallywags just can't keep their hands off each other. And oh, she, you two. And she's like, do we have time before the before graduation? And I'm like, for what, Willow? <laughs> what are you getting at? Are you talking about the sex? Do you want Oz to do the sex to you? She does. I think she do. <laughs> Okay, Oz, so you do the sex to her now. Anyway, so that you can stop <laughs> doing that fucking voice, we cut to the library. Yes. 
We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is brie, mellow song stylings. Shindig, dip, less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage, and hootenanny. What's chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. Angel and Buffy are there, and Angel tells Buffy that he's not going to say goodbye. He's just going to fucking leave. Yeah, that shit just came out of nowhere. And because, you know what, Buffy? I got a fucking show to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and also, guess what, Angel? You just did say goodbye. Right? Way to make shit heavy now. Like, she was all, work, 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 work. Let's talk about how the plan's going to go. And he's like, I'm not going to have emotions with you later. I'm just going to go and have emotions by myself. Because... I haven't been able to be so broody for a long time. And it's your fault, Buffy. Oh, I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss it. I am going to miss it. Uh, Somebody else is going to have to be the designated broody, but nobody's ever going to do it like Angel. Nope. I know. And Buffy uncovers that she has Faith's murder knife. Murder knife. Murder knife. Let's all go murder a knife. Hey, you don't murder a knife. You murder with a knife. I can do whatever I want. I'm an adult. Did you throw it on the ground? (laughs) (laughs) If I wanted to, I could because I'm an adult. (laughs) Five (laughs) points if you get that reference. We're not going to explain it any further. Graduation day. Graduation Graduation, here it is, everybody. The moment we've all been waiting for. Snyder's really shitty speech. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to, I like his speech. I'm just going to say it real quick. Shoot. It's nice and succinct, unlike the mayor's. Right. So he says, congratulations to the class of 1999. You all proved more or less adequate. This is a time of celebration, so sit still and be quiet. (laughs) Spit out that gum. Please welcome our distinguished guest speaker, Richard Wilkins III. I saw that gesture. You see me after graduation. I want to make a note. He only has two more lines. Three. Shut up. Don't. I will fucking murder you. He only has three more lines. Yeah. You're reading every fucking last one of them because I'm going to miss this fucker. All right. No wallowing in, uh... Yeah. In novelty. I promised myself I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I made no promises that I wouldn't be making you cry, though. Ha 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 shit. <laughs> and, uh, so... Odo, of course, is like... Wow, and you thought there was, like, a rod of my ass. Well, there is, Odo. I put it there. <laughs> It'd be so easy for, to, for Odo to remove said rod, though. He could just, like, sidestep. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Next. <laughs> anyway, so, Oz and Willow are late to graduation. What were they doing? I don't know, Rex. <laughs> I think the van was a rockin', and you better not come a knockin'. Oz and Willow, are you playing with your snakes in there? <laughs> why did you bring your, why did you bring your snakes to school? <laughs> That's probably not healthy for them. Only Oz has a snake. You don't know that. Well, okay. Yeah, fair. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> so the mayor steps up to do his big final speech before he turns into a big demon dude. Buffy and Willow realize that he's going to read the whole fucking speech. Oh my Keanu. 
he's gonna do the entire speech. <laughs> Willow's like, man, just ascend already. And Buffy, I could have sworn she said evil. <laughs> she did. I know she said. She did. I think she said evolve. Well, no, she said evil. She did say evil. Okay, thank Keanu. She said evil. Thank Keanu, because the fucking transcript said that she said evolve. No, she said evil. Yeah. Because she was like, <laughs> so evil. 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 <laughs> Gonna walk straight down this nice little garden path to evil. So after the evil speech, um, an ascension happens. And I want to make note here that... The ascension happens, and the mayor has whole sections of his speech that he did not get to, and that is just really poor planning on his part. And it was about civic pride. Yeah, I'm so sad. You know, he was really trying to make a good scene out of his final words, but I just have one thing to say that's going to make that all okay. Badger, 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 badger. Mushroom, mushroom. The snake, a snake. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> badger, 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 oh. badger, 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 badger. We've done a lot of things on this podcast. You're supposed to say mushroom. Me, we've done a lot of things on this podcast <laughs> that have made me hate you. But nothing, nothing comes close to this. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Worth every penny. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. This is going to be in my head for a week. <laughs> badger, oh, that's badger, epic. Badger, 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 badger. G- fuck you. <laughs> badger, snake. badger, fuck you. A snake, a snake. <laughs> so guess what? All the fucking students are armed with fucking flamethrowers and axes and stakes and bows and arrows with fire and, and shit. And harpoon guns. Don't forget the harpoon guns. I did forget the harpoon guns. <laughs> and then... My favorite part, though, is none of them told their parents because the parents just fucking panic and run right at the vampires and die. Oh, well, I mean, that'll be good for their autonomy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. They're all going to college. They don't need them. <laughs> Happy graduation. You're getting an early inheritance. <laughs> yep. Hooray. Oh my God. That's awful. So cue like a 10 minute scene of a lot of mob squabbling and randomly large snake demon that was the mayor picking but off students. In the midst of this. Snyder speaks up. In the midst of this, well, he has one line. He says, this is simply unacceptable. And then I think it's after that that Xander is rallying the troops and they pull out the the flaming arrows and they start shooting at the vampires that are flanking them from behind. And then uh, Wesley and Angel show up behind the flanking vamp. They're flanking the flankers. Yep. And uh, Larry dies. I noticed that. Fucking Larry died. I didn't realize he died so early. That makes me so fucking sad. I still want to interview him, though. (laughs) Uh, We get another line from Snyder. Yes. So they cut back to Snyder. And he's like, this is not orderly. This is not discipline. And he turns over to the mayor and he starts screaming at the mayor. He says, you're on my campus, buddy. And when I say I want quiet, I want... Om nom nom. Om nom nom, indeed. <laughs> Snakey has din din. <laughs> Snakey has... There's our title. 
<laughs> and Odo, of course, guess what? I was the mayor the whole time, and tonight I want you inside of me for a change. <laughs> oh, Odo. Now we can be together forever. <laughs> yes, we can, you little troll. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the last goddamn Oda One Quark joke that I have. That is a wrap on the Oda One Quark jokes of Beer with Buffy. <sighs> it makes me a little sad. I think, I think right here you should cut in the the funeral trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's been done. I'm quite sure that a girl with the talents and abilities of Buffy will land on her feet. In fact, I noticed as I came in this morning that Hot Dog on a Stick is hiring. You will look so cute in that hat. Uh, the students start killing some vamps. Yep. Then uh, shit. Cordy gets a kill. I thought. Oh, did she? Yeah. I missed that. Uh, Wesley's on the ground. Apparently hurt his back. He's just fucking useless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big surprise. I'm pretty sure I saw Harmony go down. Yeah, Harmony is, goes down. This is where Harmony definitely gets uh, turned into a vampire. When the fuck did the vampire who bit her had have time to feed her blood? I don't know. Maybe he drained her mostly and then dragged her off or ran off with her. Well, then he disobeyed the mayor. He said, ooh, this one's pretty. Well, but the mayor is about to run the fuck off after Buffy. Yeah, because Buffy shows Mayor the knife. And she's like, hey, guess what? I fucking murdered Faith with this. Yeah, this is where the plan all comes to fruition. She uses that human weakness, that last little bit of humanity that he has left. And it's his love for Faith, which, you know, it still kind of gets to me a little bit. Like, he was such a skeezy piece of shit. That doesn't mean he didn't love her. The thing is, though, and I don't know if they did this on purpose. It wasn't till the moment in the beginning of this episode when he's like, no, fuck the Ascension. Find faith now. That was definitely the moment where we were like, oh, fuck. Yeah, where it's like, oh, he's not just gaming her and molding her into what he wants her to be as a tool. Yeah, my first thought was, holy shit, he wouldn't have done that for Mr. Trick. Oh, fuck no. Or who was his other henchman? Dave or something? Some other shit. Oh, oh, Andrew, I think. No. His assistant. Gary? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't either. The guy he was that, so forgettable. The guy that, yeah, the guy that Faith stabbed in the heart with a stake. Yeah, stabby, stabby. Stabby, stabby. <laughs> anyway, so Buffy says, hey, you remember this? Holding up the knife. I took it from Faith, stuck it in her gut. Just slid in her like she was butter. And I'm like, ooh. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hi, you better have a fucking plan right now, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she says, you want to get it back for me? Dick. <laughs> Great pause and in inflection there. She relished that moment yep. so much. It was perfect. And she runs the fuck off and lures him through a campus and into the school into the library specifically, uh -huh. where she jumps out a window, and A, did you notice that all the bookshelves were empty? I didn't. They were. Every last bookshelf was empty. Fucking Giles had them empty the fucking school library. Oh, good call. <laughs> and the fucking library is filled with explosives, and we get the mayor's last line. The 
fucking giant snake demon post-ascension mayor says, well, gosh. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Instant volcano. A lot of fucking goddamn fertilizer bomb going on there. Oh, man. I do not remember him going, well, gosh, as a demon at all. And that's gold, Jerry. It is. Gold. So they give us a really good visual of just how much fertilizer and gasoline is in this library. Okay. okay. Which is to say the library is full. Yeah. The bomb that blew up the federal building, the um, uh, Timothy McVeigh bombing, was only a very small U-Haul of fertilizer. And that took out half a building. Think about that. This is at least four to five times the amount of fertilizer in the fucking library as what was used with that bombing. I'm sorry, but there is no way in hell that just outside the fucking window, Buffy and Giles are there to blow it up. And the other fucking kids who are out front of the building fucking survive that shit. Yeah, that's fair. There would be a huge crater. You keep saying fertilizer. I guess I don't understand. Is straight fertilizer somehow explosive or water? Uh, No, you can mix it with certain chemicals, but it's nitrogen. Okay. And... Nitrogen is a component of nitroglycerin. Suffice to say, there is a way to make explosives out of actual fertilizer. Yes. Okay, I did not know that. That's what Timothy McVeigh did with the federal building that he blew up. Okay, I didn't know that. That's interesting. So, cut to the wrap-up. Yeah. Outside with all the quintessential ambulances and fire trucks and all the hubbub and it's smoky. Wes being the whiniest little bastard ever. Yeah, it's funny, though. I like Wes. He may be annoying, but he's endearing at the same time. Maybe a little bit, (laughs) but only a little bit. Could Could I get an aspirin or perhaps just knock me entirely unconscious if you could? That'd be great. Thank you. As they're lifting him up into the ambulance. Xander informs Buffy that Angel made it through the fight as she would be worried about that. Then we get this amazing moment between Giles and Buffy. Yeah, it's definitely one of those top-notch Giles-Buffy moments. It's very, very akin to the one at the end of Lie to Me. Yeah, exactly. Because he, out of all the shit, they just fought a giant snake demon Mm -hmm. with flamethrowers plus an army of vampires and blew up the Keanu damned school. <laughs> and he had time to grab a fucking diploma for her. Yeah. Which, they're, they're fake diplomas that they hand out at graduation. They are now. I'm not sure if it was like that in 99. It, fair. Good point. Fuck if I know. I didn't go to a graduation. It seems more likely that they were doing the fake diploma thing and you get the real one later because then you don't have to shuffle through shit while you're doing the ceremony. You can just hand them out. Yeah. Here, one for you, one for you. one. Everybody gets a diploma, whether you graduated or not. It's like that in college, too. You get a diploma. You get a diploma. Everyone, Everyone gets, gets a diploma. A diploma. <laughs> My favorite part here is that Buffy is very exhausted and she's like... My attention span 
pretty much amounts to fire bad, tree pretty. Which gives us another quote of the day from Giles for me. So he says, there is a certain dramatic irony that's attached to all this. A synchronicity that borders on predestination, one might say. Buffy replies, fire bad, tree pretty. Uh, yes of course (laughs) I'm going to go see if Wesley is still whimpering (laughs) yes it's time to listen the good guys are always stalwart and true the bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats we always defeat them and save the day no one ever dies and So Buffy takes a moment and looks around and spots Angel. He couldn't just leave. And they make long, broody, fantastic eye contact love. He doesn't say goodbye. He just fucking leaves. Because he's got a fucking show to do. Goddamn right. (laughs) Wardrobe, fit me. I need makeup. Need more makeup. Powder me. He doesn't need makeup. He's a vampire. He's supposed to be pale. He's a very pretty man. But he slowly turns and disappears into the smoky abyss, never to be seen again until his next guest appearance. On to bigger and better spinoffs. Or really just the one. Eh, would argue adequate spinoffs. <laughs> adequate spinoffs. <laughs> um, cut to the Scoobies, cut. all hanging out. Notice Anya isn't anywhere near this, so she actually followed through with her getting the fuck out of town. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or, you know, they're like, oh, we don't want to pay you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So all the scoobs are in the somewhere else. (laughs) And Cordelia's like, well, that was about as much fun as you can have without having any fun. Which is a fun way to put that. Yeah. I like that. But my favorite moment comes when Oz is like, let's just take a moment. We survived. Yes, I will allow your wallowing in the novelty, Oz, because you're a main character. Right, and Buffy says, hell of a battle. Not the battle. High school. We, we really need to take a moment. Willow and Buffy get up, and we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm more worried about adulthood personally, but definitely you gotta have those serene little moments. I mean, when I think back to what high school was like for me and being done with it, I was very much of the mentality of fucking hell. I actually survived that shit. Right. I should not have survived that shit. <laughs> yeah. I I never got all wispy about moving on from elementary school to middle school or middle school to high school or high school to college or college to nothing. But the point is, ger arg. Ger fucking arg. Fuck you for stealing my ger arg. Hey, I gotta get it sometimes. You gotta get it sometimes. That's right. That's fair. Gur Arg season three. Gur fucking three Arg. <laughs> Gur fucking three Arg. That's what I said. I'll take it. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? I'm going to tell you how I felt about this episode in context of how I feel it was for a season finale. And I wasn't confident about it because the previous episode I thought was lackluster. 
and just nothing but build up and just kind of fucking empty. And this one, I didn't feel started out very good at all because up until the point where Buffy is like, we're ready for war, it felt empty. Hmm. But damn, they turned it around. The fucking climax was phenomenal. Yeah. It kind of blew me away. It was so much better than I remembered it being. And the well gosh was just perfect. Yeah. The glorious cherry on top. Absolutely. I didn't like how they like augmented his voice in a way where it didn't feel right. Or it didn't feel quite like his voice. And I understand that he's a giant fucking snake now. But I think it would have been a fuck ton funnier if it was the exact same voice. I didn't even notice. But it, it still tickled my happy hole to no end. <laughs> You're that he no one wants to hear about your tickled happy hole uh you sure about that rex fucking positive so give us a call at 269-743-0783 things that make you go (laughs) anyway how'd you feel about the episode i thought it was fantastic i mean i feel like i like to think of the previous episode and this episode as just one episode, there's I don't see any point. Yeah. Basically, I agree that neither the last episode nor this episode really stood alone. But then again, you know, no episode really stands alone outside of the context of the series. So right. it doesn't really bother me because we're watching the whole series front to back in chronological order anyway. So here's the next important question. How did you feel about the season? And I'm actually really curious. How did you feel about the main big bad for this season compared to the previous two? So season two, uh, the big bad was Angel. Season one, the big bad was the master. I, I feel like the mayor was the first proper big bad. He was unavailable and didn't seem like that big a deal. And... Honestly, if this were my first time watching it through, I wouldn't have even necessarily known that he was the big bad until about three quarters of the way through the season. But I think the way they pulled it together by the end, I think he's my favorite big bad thus far. I have to agree with you because they paced him out significantly better. Because, I mean, we got the same kind of thing with Angel. Or, sorry, with Angelus. Yeah. But that was plot that made it work out that way. This was actually, like, he was written to only show up very minuscule periodically. Whereas the Master was fucking there from the goddamn beginning. So, yeah, the Master showed up nearly every episode or every other or every third episode And they would just throw him in there saying, I'm doing and saying something evil, and this is going to be evil. I'm so evil, and then I'm going to kill Buffy. But then Buffy killed him instead, and it was just, like, I liked the characterization, and I liked the acting. I liked his performance, but the character on the whole was boring. Uh, Yeah. His his, exactly. his premise, everything about him in every other way was just boring. And we had all of this preachy, let's pretend that we're right. in like the medieval ages kind of thing about and then him. We had, then we had Angelus and uh, like Angelus was fantastic. Steps way above what the master was. But my thing with Angelus was that they doubled up on too many different things because they still used that for his relationship yeah. with Buffy and the Scooby gang as a whole. 
and it, it felt more like a last minute shit. We need a big bad and we also need to develop this character. And they lost possibilities on both. The only two major criticisms I have for this season and this big bad is that a, I think they should have done a little bit more work making faith's change a bit more subtle. Oh yeah. Her, it was very abrupt. It was too abrupt. But the other aspect is the scene in the hospital in this episode tells us that the actor who played the mayor had range out the ass. Yes, he did. And they did not fucking use him properly. No. Frankly, I never really bought Faith's change to over to evil. Like, sure, she was a bad girl, but she wasn't evil. Right. She never was. Even when she was in her coma, she did the right thing and she helped Buffy with her yeah. fucking Vulcan mind meld powers that the Slayers have, apparently. Well, I mean, to be fair, it kind of makes a certain amount of sense that sure. if Buffy generally has prophetic dreams, then they could both have some weird dream shit going on because that's a fucking Slayer power. Yeah, I just have this habit of accidentally sounding sarcastic. I'm not really knocking it that hard. Right. Like, it was a good storytelling device. It's fine. Dear listeners, Josh has resting sarcastic voice. It's a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay we've gone on way too long with this time for quotes of the day yeah let's do quotes of the day what's your quote of the day rex my quote of the day comes from giles and i kind of want you to read this josh is it his last one no it is not it is in the library with the wrench and colonel mustard <laughs> <laughs> No, it's in the library when Buffy's like, so am I crazy? And Willow's like, crazy is such a strong word. Giles says, let's not rule it out, though. And Buffy goes, you don't think it can't be done? And his last line in this bit is my quote of the day. I didn't say that. I might, but not yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's my quote of the day. What's your quote of the day, Josh? All right. I got to give it to Snyder. <laughs> his last four lines yeah yeah everything that he said uh while all the fighting was going on his last four lines during the battle this is simply unacceptable <laughs> this is not orderly this is not disciplined you're on my campus buddy and when i say i want quiet i want quiet you gotta give him a hand in the fact that here is a giant fucking snake demon, and he is just being himself. He remained true to himself through and through to the end with a great big old happy little scuttle bean way up his bunghole. He was all the way up there. All the way up in your butthole, Mr. Snyder. <laughs> I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss Snyder so fucking much. Armin Shimmerman, you just. Yeah. Bra fucking Vo. I loved you as Quark. I loved you as Snyder. You're an amazing actor. Yeah. Yep. Also, Larry's gone now. Yeah. Gonna Three miss fucking seasons. Gonna miss Larry too, definitely. Yeah. 
And we got a lot more harmony to come. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another season finale of Beer with Buffy. We are going to take a bit of a break after this episode. We were going to take a break over the summer and we never did. So it's either going to be one week or two week to be decided, to be yeah. determined. But there will not be a release next week. But we will be back in a week or two. Make no mistake about that. We are very much looking forward to doing season four of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with you. Damn straight. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, review us on iTunes. Please review us on iTunes. That's the best thing you can do to help our podcast reach out to a larger, broader audience. If you'd like to purchase any merchandise from us, we have some at store.beerwithbuffy.com. Mugs, stickers, t-shirts, and a hoodie. If you'd like to help support us financially and just buy us a beer, you can go to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. If you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. For instance, if you have a podcast and you're interested in doing an ad swap, we love doing ad swaps. You can always leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. You can also text that number, and we will get back with you in approximately a month and a half. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Keanu Speed Rex. Reeves be with you. Reeves be with all of us. done why are we watching this <laughs>